Hey family, in looking at notes, we are almost at the end of season eight of the Writer's Block Podcast. Season eight, almost 200 episodes. Before we get into today's show, that again is one show away from the completion of eight seasons of this particular platform. I need you to understand something. You are the story. You are the story. Welcome to the Writer's Block. This space is for aspiring writers, indie and published authors who desire tips, tricks and tools to foster confidence in your ability to write. This space is also for voice actors, editors, and literary agents. All those people whom are writing adjacent. Let this space be a haven, a resource, and a reminder. You can write all you see and see all you write. Grab your pens. We're about to circle the block. When I am not actively being one of the internet's favorite aunties or internet favorites or the author also known as J.B. Harris or What Jay Said or Griot J.B. Harris on TikTok, again, What Jay Said 2.0, I'm a black woman in America just trying to do better. And from that wit, right? has come all of you all, and I am exceedingly glad about it. And yet, what I have come up on, and I actually have been, you know, mulling this over for, if I'm honest, the better part of, let's say six months, at least six months. And the thing that I've been turning over in my mind is this concept of, not necessarily, not necessarily based in Hamilton, you know, who lives, who dies, who tells your story, but it kind of is. One of the things that I believe makes writers special is the fact that we have always existed. We are one of the few professions, the few art forms that has existed since literally the dawn of time. And that's whether or not you believe in the creation story or not. There has always been a writer, there has always been a scribe, there's always, there has always been an artist somewhere. Always. You cannot look into antiquity and not see art and not hear thought and not have someone's thoughts recorded. I'm fond of quoting one of my favorite people on the internet, CF Story, who said, you know, when she was teaching, reminding her students about research, she said, imaginary sources and secondary sources, never imaginary sources. And I'm reminded of what my own mother has told me time and time again when her mother wit alerts her to her oldest child not being as on point as she needs to be. 
And she said this to me, I believe I had to be as young as 12, 13 years old when I told her that I didn't want to go to med school anymore, which on some level devastated my father. And I remember her telling me that don't die with your dream in you. And I can't tell you why it is that that, well, those, that word choice has resonated with me and has been a rock in my soul for almost 30 years, but it has. She looked me in my face and told me, don't die with your dream in you. And let me explain to you why that is crucial to you Dear writer. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. been, I, I, I believe it was Frank Grippa, or Frank Zappa, rather, who said that a writer who's not writing, a non-writing writer is courting insanity. And I believe that. I believe that, which is why I believe that Toni Morrison said that in times of great upheaval, writers do their best work, because what are you going to do with all that energy? What are you going to do with it that is constructive, that is worthy of something, that can be warning or wish or hope? Even now, and Langston Hughes has been gone, my goodness, he's been gone since 1962. I know he was gone before 1965. No. No, no, no. I want to say it was 1967. And because he died before he was 70. And the thing that struck me in all the, you know, research and reading that I do is that he still has bodies of work. He still has poems that were never published. We normally, those of us who are familiar with his work, quote, what is published Dear writer, you are the story. Your life is a collection of worlds that someone may need you to write down in order to explore, to find their way through their own. I was listening to one of my favorite people who actually is a black fluid poet, AKA John S. Blake, who is always podcasting from his humble abode of books and shouts to John wherever he may be because he doesn't know the light that he is. Black male writers, poets, spoken word artists are needed and necessary. Oh my gosh, are they needed and necessary. And I remember I was listening to his most recent podcast because he doesn't necessarily have a schedule that he adheres to, like I try to, as it relates to podcasting. You have to just subscribe to John and catch him when you do. You know, but that's fam though, that's fam. 
And on this particular episode called The Forest, he talks about how, you know, he's doing some writing, but, you know, not the writing that he wants to do as wants to do as far as how frequently he's writing. And, you know, even with podcasting and he said that he still finds joy in it, but he said that he often wonders or was wondering for that at that particular time on that episode, because that episode went up on July the 10th. He said that he wonders often who's listening, you know, who's reading this. And those of you who have been following John for some time knows, know that he's writing his memoir. And if you've ever, if you have ever heard John tell a story, you want the rest of the story, child. My, my friend, my uh, cousin Tina says all the time now, when I give her snippets of stuff I'm working on, she goes, where the rest at? Where the rest at? Meaning where's the rest of it? And as I, you know, binge my podcast at work, you know, getting my admin stuff done. And every writer, if we're honest, has had that moment, that moment of what am I even doing this for? You know, I write these books and no one reads them. I, you know, I submit and no one wants my stuff. You know, I'm not getting traffic on my blog. You know, so you have these moments where you think what you're doing is futile. You will have moments where you think it's just all for naught. And if the world ended tomorrow, four people wouldn't know you existed. And it's easy to be seduced by that, that level of creative apathy. It's easy to be seduced by that. And I won't lie to you, fam. Some days it's easy, it's easy to, to give up. And the one thing that prompts me not to actually comes from a dark place. Now, most people who have followed, you know, me for on social media for almost a decade now know that I'm a twice divorcee. I don't shy about that. I am. They also know that I've been writing on some level since I was about eight years old. The first stories I remember, I remember telling were I was about four years old. I've always had an active and vivid imagination and almost a photographic memory. I've been graced with those gifts. And those gifts have always been tuned to the arts. I try to make them conform to the sciences and sometimes it translates, sometimes it doesn't. But God is in the webbing of all things. Meaning that God knew exactly where to put me and what gifts to use for what. And they all wrap around healing. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Rock with me. But the thing that I've always found interesting about these gifts is how pervasive they are. Because people, all, no matter where they are, always need to know where they are. Now, what does that mean? That means that one of my jobs as a writer is to let you know where you are. That could be through observation, that could be through poetry, that could be through fiction, that could be through essay. And, I'll, and it can also be through my own confessional poetry to let you know that you are not alone. James Baldwin said it like this, that you think that your heartbreak and your circumstances are unique to you and then you read. And then you read and then you discover that it's not unique to you. 
And I'm all I'm often fascinated when something is not unique to us as human beings in this human experience that we can grapple with it, that we have a map to it, that we don't feel alone. And even though this is not the platform by which I espouse my faith, but anyone who knows me knows if you come on any, on any platform that I run or speak on, it's gonna be a sip of Jesus somewhere in there because I take my Jesus with me everywhere. Well, this Jesus, not my Jesus, but take Jesus with me everywhere. And we know scripture says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, am I saying that the stuff that all writers write is God breathed? No, no, not at all. Some of it is not God inspired at all, but yet with God being in the webbing of all things, he gives us as his people, the ability to tell stories to ability to testify, as the old Baptist would say, the ability to tell on yourself, the ability to share you of your wounds so other people know how to get healed. As I was listening to John today, and since I can't wrap my arms around him, I'm gonna wrap my arms around him through the airwaves. And all of you who may be in this spot where you're trying to see the forest for the trees, but they're, but can't seem to see all of it at the same time. You need the forest and the trees as a writer. You need the, you need the forest and the trees. You need the forest to understand that one, you are, the gift you have is great. It is great and it is needed. And anyone who has hiked or has done any kind of agricultural work Anybody who has looked outside, child, and seen a, seen a grove of trees knows that trees are complicated. Forests are complicated. There are many things happening at one time. And yet every forest is comprised of individual trees. There are, that's why it's a forest. It's comprised of maybe sometimes all, the, all deciduous trees. Sometimes they're evergreen. Deciduous meaning that there are trees that shed their leaves at seasons. Yes, Arjun Lord was correct once more yet again and still that there will be times where you as a writer won't write and it will feel like a death. Because writing is like breathing, Audrey Lord's words. And you all know that I've, I have been as transparent as I possibly can be with you all as it relates to my own writing journey. That I've had moments where I just threw my hands up and walked away from everything for months because I thought, who, 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 who is reading it? Who will care? It doesn't matter. And I think some of that resentment or even tantrum comes from, you know how, you as a writer, especially if you are a, a writer at any intersection, and for this particular platform, the intersection of black and woman, you want the affirmation of people recognizing what you put what you put your hard work into. You want the accolades, you want the follows, you want people to buy the book, you want people to follow you on social media. You you want that. I won't say you crave it, but you want it. Every writer on some level wants to be acknowledged. And sometimes when those acknowledgments don't come, it's discouraging. 
especially when you see people who you know are not as talented as you or you believe are not as talented as you getting the accolades that you want. And when you hear things so hateful and hurtful as, you know, black people don't read or what are you in there writing it for? Or why are you even considering doing this? Because, you know, it ain't going to make you no money or something as vicious as what my own father told me that, quote, you can't eat with an English degree. And you get up every day and you fight, you fight to break that tape one more time. One more time, one word at a time, one page at a time, one book at a time in certain cases. You have those moments where it feels as if none of it will matter. None of it will matter. And on some level, you as a writer have to be the eternal hope dealer. And I liken it to I liken it to people who drive by hospitals. People ignore hospitals until they need one. But they expect the hospital to be there when they, when they hurt, when they are in pain and when they need something. They expect the hospital to be there. They expect it. And expect the best possible treatment when they arrive. And hello, my linguistic acrobats. If you have made it this far in the show, you might as well keep going. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you find it, whether they be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Those five stars help to defeat the racism of the algorithm and help to bring more writers into this tribe. Back to the show. Baldwin also said that poets, writers, artists are the real truth tellers. And again, going back to my example of the hospital, hospitals are these buildings that unless you really need, need it or need the services provided there, most, more, more often than not, you forget that they're there. You know, unless you work in that field, unless you work in, you know, nursing, medicine, you know, uh, any kind of management, whatever, whatever is the case may be, or, you know, administration in certain cases, executive offices, you know, businesses, charities, you really don't care that the hospital exists because it doesn't affect your everyday reality. Now, if you have a car accident and for this, just for this example, you have a car accident Everybody you love is in the car. Your your significant other is dies. Your child is ble- your child is bleeding out. You're hurt. You're hurt and injured. And the hospital, the help you need, is at least an hour away. Somehow you get there. You know, air li- air lifted ambulance, whatever. You need someone to help you. But because you're knocked out, because because of your blood loss, because of your trauma. You don't know the extent of the damage that is around you or that you will wake up to. And because there were people already there on standby who 
had who are either familiar with this level of trauma or know how to treat it or triage it and know how to get you to the next place to help you, you survive. You have wounds, but you're going to survive. You've lost your spouse, but you're going to survive. Think of writers the same way, as artists the same way. More often than not, our work is not valued until it's needed. Just like, and it makes me miss my brother, La Arthur, who was the executive, who was the music producer of this particular podcast for two years. And I told him that, uh, I could cry, I'm not gonna cry because I'm, I miss, I miss him so much. I miss him so much. And he always would say, you know, I would come to him with an idea and I'd be scared and I'd be freaking out. And he, and I would say to him, you don't ever pet me up. You don't ever pet me up. Why can't you, you know, just whatever tantrum I'm having. And he would say, no, I'm not going to pet you up because you can do it. Got to be a bold. We got to be a bold cat to tell the kid what she what she can and can't do. And have her listen. But the expectation is that when you need the artist, they'll be there. James Baldwin. Again, I've quoted Baldwin all throughout this episode. I don't see that changing. Well, throughout this platform's existence, I don't see that changing. But he said that if I just do my work when I need it, I'll be there. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the arts are needed and necessary. They help you cope with life. They help you cope with life and the sling and as Hamlet's and as written in Hamlet, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. That's why I believe that AI can't replace the human experience. You can, you can mimic it, but you cannot replace it. Just like if I get a, because anyone who knows me also knows I'm, I love fashion. I love bags. I like looking good and smelling good. I, there, th- there are trappings of this, of this female form that I am subject to and that are my vice, okay? <laughs> they, they, they just are. Fashion is one of them. That's like me having an authentic Louis, right? Let's just say for this example, Damier Bean, the chocolate one, the, right? The chocolate, not, not the monogram. I don't really like the monogram like that, but the chocolate Damier Bean, right? Thirty, uh, speedy thirty-five, and you put two, and you put my bag and a counterfeit bag, counterfeit bag together. Now, to the untrained eye, they just look like two Louis bags, but it's in the, it is in again the webbing of the thing and the construction of this of this bag by which you see which one is counterfeit and how it stands up under where is where the counterfeit is that's what i consider ai there are certain things that ai can do that i as a human being can't do but ai cannot take my essence and market it it can't speak to something the way that i can't because i've had the lived experience ai can copy the lived experience because AI is not a living being. It is not a soul. It is not emotions. It cannot replace me, right? Which is why 
you as a writer, I know if I know you you may even right now be having a moment where you may be saying, you know, JV, I can't do it. It I, I just don't have it in me right now. I, it, it, it all seems for not, you know, it just don't make sense to keep doing. And I'm not saying right through that. I'm saying stay in that. I'm saying get to a place where you you understand that sometimes you have to take a break. Sometimes you can burn yourself out. Sometimes you can be exhausted. Sometimes writing is emotionally demanding and child, it can feel like suffering to put pen on paper. I get it. I've been there. And yet at the same time, you can learn to the most powerful thing I've, I've seen on the Internet here lately is this quote. Learn how to rest and not quit. I've had people who have seen the pace that I'm at and the platforms that I've run and the level of writing that I do. And they've said, you know, Jen, I don't see how you how you could do that. And I tell them often that this is my grace. This is what this is what I do. This is what I do. And because this is what I do, I can do it. And that's not a brag. That's a fact. And because I know I can do it. Sometimes I'm overly demanding of myself. So I have, I'm learning to rest and not quit. But I also understand that I need to do my work. I need to do my work. Because I and my life may be somebody's hospital. I may be, I may have the healing that someone else may need, not in medicine, but in measures. But in my meter, in the measure of wisdom that I can put into stanzas, the epizuxis that I possess, maybe what someone else may need to hold on to a little while longer. And again, this is not me saying I am the end all be all and I am my own God. No. I remember the words of Uncle Denzel, who said that the gifts that we have, God has given them to us. And when we leave this place, when we leave this world, we can't take that. We can't take these gifts with us, but we can leave them here. So if that means I sell five books, 5000 books. If that means five people listen to this podcast or 500,000. My job as an artist is to create and do my work. Because what may be healing for me may be freeing for you. What may be freeing for me may be your anchor and your map. Because you may have, you may encounter a day. Not in the distant future or in your in your heated right now, where you may need someone who has been where you are, you don't have anyone around you to speak to that. Think it not strange. Think it not strange that all these book bannings are coming up now. That now we are on a slippery, slippery slope towards censorship where the experiences of non-white people are trying to be eliminated because they make other people uncomfortable and they don't want to be uncomfortable because being uncomfortable means you have to deal with 
what is going on with you. You have to address it and only you can. But think it not strange, beloveds. Think it not strange. You may be somebody's answer. You are the story. And on some level, you must do two things with that. Accept it and do your work, even if that means you have to rest or run from it. But you are the story, whether you like it or not. And more often than people admit, people read more than they think they do. The time has come to leave you to your thoughts and words. The hope is that what was shared in this space was encouraging, empowering, and a catalyst to write. Special thanks to Valor Music LLC for all audio production and mixing. All business inquiries and advertising inquiries can be sent to circlethewritersblock at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined to support the work of this podcast to continue to fight erasure of black and minority writers, consider supporting through Cash App at dollar sign J-B-H-W-R-I-T-E-S, that's J-B-H Writes, or PayPal at S-G-L-L-C dot one zero three eight at yahoo.com. We will see you next time when we circle the blog.